Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Many of us, of course, have enjoyed all of the online content, uh, the various streaming services, over-the-top streaming services, and elsewhere during COVID-19. But this has come at a great cost to the physical cinemas around the world. Regal Cinema just announced a couple of weeks ago that they are closing all of their outlets, a couple of thousand of them, uh, around their physical cinemas around the world. And uh, and this is leading us to wonder, you know, with the lack of may- big big name movies coming out that drive people to cinemas, what the future of cinemas might actually be. And joining us to talk about that, uh, Prashant Samasundram, the general manager of The Projector here in Singapore, our favorite art house theater right on Beach Road. If you haven't been there, get there. They have lots of movies showing. And also award-winning HBO uh, Asia's Invisible Stories director, Ler Jiwan. Welcome as well. And we are celebrating a big victory for you today. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I'm just uh, glad that uh, the series is getting a lot of attention, and um, especially now it's on HBO Max, and so so people um, overseas can see it as well. Uh, it's exciting that we can share with people our way, our life, our languages, our cultures, and hopefully they'll translate to more global interest. In yeah, just to who we are. Just for the benefit of our yeah. listeners and viewers, uh, Le Ji Yuan is the writer and director of the HBO Asia series Invisible Stories, which is slices of Singaporean life, and himself and the wonderful actress Yo Yan Yan, who has just sent me a message to tell me she's watching and listening right yeah, now. She was on with us last weekend. <laughs> they just, yesterday was announced, they won awards. Congratulations to both of them at the Asian Academy Creative Awards 2020. Uh, Yo Yan Yan won it for Best Actress. Our guest... Le Ji Yuan won it for Best Director. So flying the flag for Singaporean arts, TV, cinema in Singapore. So congratulations, my friend. This is great news. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and no pressure, but your leading actress has just posted (laughs) (laughs) bouquets of flowers, Yo Yan Yan, award-winning, (laughs) Emmy-nominated, Emmy-nominated actress. Let's get it right. first international Emmy. That's right, yeah. So, That's a big one, yeah. So, Le Yuen, question <laughs> yeah. to you. You now have to single-handedly save Singaporean cinema. <laughs> How are you going to do it? <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean, what I do is still predominantly TV. I make short films, but uh, I've not made a film yet. So I think this is a very, very um, big and important um, question. How do we move forward uh, during these times? I mean, all I can say is that I miss going to the cinema like uh, a lot. Like uh, I, I, I mean, I go to the projector quite a lot, and uh, I like to watch an, an art film. After that, I go downstairs to the to go the mall and eat the steamboat <laughs> and drink beer. <laughs> so that's something I really miss. And I hope to get back to doing uh, as, yeah. as soon as I can. Well, yeah. let's br- let's bring in Prashant uh, Sumasundram, the general manager of the projector, Singapore's arguably only independent cinema in Singapore. Interesting point, Prashant. Um, the only film I have seen since lockdown, since COVID-19, was at your cinema, and it was a 40-year-old movie. It was Raging Bull, because I've waited my entire life to see Raging Bull on a big screen, and I did. But it's interesting that that's the only time... I mean, there will be others at your cinema, but in the last few months, that's really been the only time during COVID-19 what I felt compelled, actually compelled to go to the cinema to see Raging Bull on the big screen. And this is not unique. Around the world, we're seeing that independent cinemas 
I mean, you may have facts and figures. They're okay. People are still going along to see festivals and arts movies. But it's the multiplexes, the multiplexes that are closing, that are shuttering their doors because there are no Hollywood blockbusters coming until next year at the earliest. What is your view on this phenomenon and what's been happening for you at the projector? Oh, thanks, Neil. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's it's really, I mean, we've been invested in the community for about five years now already. It's almost six years in December um, oh. where the projector has been running. And and that sense of having, having a community has been really important in our survival. Um, right from the start where we were forced to close in March, you know, it was the community who used to come to the cinema that were rallied around us. You know, they're the same people who would then now come to the cinema to watch, even at the risk of COVID in that sense, you know, uh, although we've had all the safety measures. So I think um, there is a difference in coming to watch a movie at the projector as opposed to going to a, a mall uh, to watch that. And they feel that they are, you know, being part of the community when they come to the projector um, and contributing to a slice of, you know, independent cinema and all that in, in Singapore. Um, so I think that has actually drawn audiences. And with, with the scale that we've had, it's, it's really interesting that uh, we've been selling out our tickets, uh, especially on weekends where it's, you know, um, we are capped at about 30% now. Um, and we've, we've pretty much reached capacity uh, during all our weekends. And, and that's a challenge that we have now, uh, because even though we are at max capacity, we are still losing money because uh, mm. rents haven't changed Um and so the reality of it is, you know, how if you look at our website, it's all sold out, sold out, sold out, but we're still bleeding. Uh, so there is a challenge. We represent 1% of Singapore cinema uh, in terms of box office figures. But, uh, you know, for us, there's still room to grow, and which is why we're looking at alternative options. We've launched our platform, uh, the Projector Plus, for people who are not comfortable to go to the cinema. Uh, so there, there are different options, and people know how, you know, if they want to still contribute to independent cinema, mm. they can still watch online if they still don't want to come, or they can come to the cinema, which, whichever their comfort levels are. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's doom and gloom uh, for independent cinema in Singapore. We, we are not going to let it die. Uh, we're going to be very active in trying to, to preserve it and find alternative ways. At some point, we even rented uh, Carnival Cinema Level 3, uh, in Golden Mile Tower so that we could actually do our screenings there because they were not uh, having an audience. And so in the end, both of us benefited. We split the, our profits with them and, and rented their cinema on weekends. So we'll be creative about it. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, in, innovation, of yeah. course, is important as we're speaking with Prashant Somosundram, the general manager of The Projector, and also a director, Lair Jiwan, of HBO's in Asia's Invisible Stories. And uh, Jiwan, if I could just ask you, as a, as a director, as a filmmaker, you know, when you think about the process of you putting a film or a TV show together that is meant to be enjoyed by individuals or groups of people, does it ever come through your mind like, you know, this production would actually be better if they were in a big cinema versus at home watching an OTT service like Netflix or like HBO? Yeah, definitely better. I mean, personally, I, I always enjoyed well, watching um, films in the big screen. And this is the case, especially for art house films. Um, if you watch an art house film on your couch, right, you, uh, most of the time, you, know, you, might, you might actually fall asleep. Not because you hate it, because you're in the, in the, in the, in the comfort of your home and, and, it's just, and you're not sharing it with other people. When uh, art house cinema needs to be enjoyed in the community setting, that's, mm. that's, that's my opinion of it. 
yeah, that's also one of the, one of the things that I really miss because festivals, a lot of film festivals have either been pushed or cancelled, but they are innovating. Uh, like recently went to the Singapore Chinese Film Festival, they have like uh, physical screenings as well as online screenings as well, which you can pay for. So I think moving forward, this online component would be very, very important. For, for yeah, and, and Prashant, you, at the projector, you have that that lovely cafe area that you don't really find so much in, in the big chain theaters where people really do gather before and after productions, movies. It's intimate. Sit, it's yeah, intimate. to sit and talk and, mm-hmm. hey, what did you think of that scene or this really disturbed me or I love that. that. That is really part of your experience, is it not, at the projector? Yeah, and it, it's by design, actually. And like um, for us, you know, when, when you watch a movie, after, even after you finish the movie, you don't get ejected into some emergency exit that brings you down to level one, for example, you <clears throat> end up being in the foyer. So there's that thing where you then see right. each other and you start chatting. And um, So yeah, I mean, for us, that sense of a communal experience is important in, you know, say if Golden Mile goes down and we have to move to another building or such, for us, that element of design will always be important where you have a communal space before you go into your halls and come back into that communal space. This is a question. So, I'm sorry, I was going to say, this is a question for both of you, okay. really. Maybe Prashant first and then Le Yuan. Do you think uh, COVID-19 in any way has accelerated the changes that perhaps were inevitable with cinema because of streaming platforms, because of cable television? Our viewing preferences have changed and some major... Uh, movie-making companies acknowledged it, and maybe some kept their heads in the sand because it was still making lots of money. There were certain films we will go to the cinema for, and there were certain films and TV shows that we'll, we'll happily watch on TV. And this has been clearly seen during the pandemic when viewing figures for Netflix and, and, and HBO went through the roof. And similarly now, you know, initially there was reticence, there was resistance almost to the likes of Netflix and HBO, but now it's more welcoming and it's going the other way. Netflix are putting more movies at the cinema and then giving them a, a small screen viewing afterwards. So Prashant first, how do you think this COVID-19 has changed or accelerated that change in relationship between the viewer and what we watch and how we watch it? Well, I mean, for cinemas itself, like I think COVID-19 was the chief technology officer that pushed innovation right through, you know. Uh, We have been looking at streaming, but for us, it was always about bringing people together. So it was a bit of a challenge to imagine an experience that you would, you know, have at home. But because we had four months of enforced lockdown, it gave us time to take a break, look at things and imagine what um, both a physical and virtual experience can be. And and moving forward, we are actually trying to build that. Um, and, and you talked about, you know, Netflix having a theatrical release and then, you know, uh, going on streaming. And that's actually something that we feel is beneficial for the ecosystem. I mean, Netflix hasn't really done that in Singapore. They've done it mainly in, mm. in the States. Uh, but we, for example, we've worked with Apple uh, and A24 for On The Rocks. Uh, which, you know, has released at the projector exclusively for two weeks, and then it will go on to Apple TV um, after that. And to be frank, since reopening, it's the second best film that we've had, even though people know that it's going on Apple TV um, in a couple of weeks or so. Now, I think some people can choose the experience they want. If they want to watch it at home because, you know, they want to be with their family and everything, that option is there. But if they do want to come to the cinema and watch it with their friends, you know, that option is there. So for, for me, it's about that diversity of uh, options for the same film. And it's up to the consumer to choose what their experience would uh, they want. 
And experience, and talking of experience, what is your view, Lurgien? Because as someone myself who has dabbled in, you know, trying to get various books turned into movies and screenplays, it's exceptionally hard to get scripts made into film at the best of times, as you know. Money men are very reluctant to invest if they're, if they're not sure they're going to get a return of investment. Now with our viewing platforms even more fragmented, so there's even less chance mm. of making money back, how does it affect, mm. change, improve, whatever? How does it affect your working relationship day to day? Um, well, I, th- I think, uh, like, to comment the situation, I think with, with declining box office sales, of course, the movie studios will be more tighter with their, their money. I mean, um, like, if your production is too big, it might be too risky to, to invest in it, um, especially during these times or during the recovery period, the years that will take to recover. But I do think that we might be seeing more original um, feature films from um, streamers produced by streamers such as HBO, Netflix, um, Amazon, um, because the safer bet during this time seems to be securing this online distributor um, on top of the cinema run. So mm. this sort of overturning the structure a little, because usually streamers are at the end of their revenue chain, <laughs> but right now they are right yeah. on top. You know, even even before the the, the box office. So so yeah, I mean this this trend is actually already happening. Um, with the golden age of TV happening right now. It's just that the virus uh, is really accelerating it, uh, like, like what Prashant has said. You, yeah. got, you guys both make a good point, which fascinates me, which I, I'm now increasingly of the view that Martin Scorsese, who got into huge hot water for saying that Marvel wasn't cinema and so on and so on, even though we both knew what he was really trying to say, is that right. certain movies were being pushed out of the multiplex. But I'm now beginning to think that maybe a 70-plus-year-old director is looking more and more like a pioneer because I'm beginning to think now that Netflix's The Irishman is going to be the template for how major budget movies could be made in future because as you're both alluding to, there's some sort of financial security there, isn't there? Because they know that if it doesn't make a fortune in the first two or three weeks at the box office, we know that because of the streaming platform, the streaming investment, the streaming audience, we're going to get back our money. So is it possibly like, the future of cinema could be first two, three weeks in the cinema, then straight to streaming services after that. What are your views on that, Prashant, first? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's going away. Um, and it's true. Like, I mean, these, like Netflix and all have, you know, b- deeper pockets to finance these kind of productions. And because they are working on an SVOD model, it doesn't really matter in terms of the number of views for that particular film. So actually, they can also take a bit more risk with uh, certain you know, content that may not do very well at the box office, uh, but deserves to be made, for example. Uh, so to me, an ideal model at this point will be for even for streaming content to give them a theatrical release because that's purely self-serving. But, uh, you know, it, it gets content on the big screen. Imagine watching Roma on a small screen. It mm. just doesn't, you know, Cut it. Like, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, like there are certain movies which really need to be seen on the big screen and experience on that. And, you know, for us, it's like having that two weeks. And then if you want to go streaming and it can be simultaneous and the audience can choose what they want. And, you know, the Netflix gets, or, you know, whichever streaming platform gets to benefit also from the theatrical release because they get the box office distributor uh, fees from that. But the follow-up question so, to Lerge, you in, sorry, is, but in the short term, bringing it back to sort of local Money FM, how is this going to help or hurt local cinemas? Because whether we like it or not, 
let's be frank, most of the revenue generated in Singapore multiplexes is from your Hollywood or increasingly mainland Chinese blockbusters, yeah. Le And How are we going to get around that? Nothing's coming out until at least Easter. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> every, I mean, every time we try to predict, we try to predict what's going on, right? The virus beats us. Like we thought this will be over in June or something like that, and 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 things just um, just just get gets pushing back. I mean, I have a I was mm. supposed to direct a regional uh, drama, and um, and it was pushed from like all uh, June to July to August, September, and now indefinitely. So. So we are facing really uncertain times right now. I, I must say I don't have a good answer to to, to your question, um, but I think uh, to to weigh in on what Prashant has said, right? I think with this streaming thing, it works both ways because some stories like 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 those that I I, I did in Invisible Stories like uh, might be hard to get theatrical release unless it's just art house um, cinema. Mm-hmm. However, the streamers like HBO do offer an international audience, so it's kind of um, uh, interesting as well, like for certain stories, when maybe there's a there's a there's a home for every kind of story. Yeah, very interesting, folks. Hey, uh, we we did invite uh, the CEO of Golden Village to come on the show today and talk with you as well. Uh, they uh, rejected our offer to come on. Unfortunately, oh, I would love okay. to hear from them and a big chain like that, but uh, uh, they they uh, refused to come on and talk to us today. Uh, we are certainly hoping for the sake of everybody that our big theaters stick around, and of course. Uh, Prashant with the projector that everybody continues to uh, patronize the art house theater scene and Jiwan that you can get back to producing the kind of films that you want to produce for the big screen, the little screen and everything in between. Uh, we know what a challenging time it is for so many artists and, and not just you on the on that side, but the, all the production staff behind the scenes, too, who have, who have suffered uh, greatly over the past uh, eight or nine months. So we're, we're hoping that uh, all of that comes back together very quickly. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we want to thanks, uh, send our thanks to uh, Prashant and to uh, Juwan for uh, coming on with us today. We really appreciate your time, guys, and hope to have you on again uh, as things hopefully get better in the cinema scene here in Singapore. And congratulations again, Le Juwan. Another award oh, for, thank you. Thank for you one so of Singapore's much. top directors. So well much. done. Thanks so much for thank being you, with thank us, you guys. So much. Yeah. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.